Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Mark Thompson. Get woke. God bless you. Get woke. Folks, MIP is now COVID free, meaning free to all subscribers as we navigate this pandemic. We're thinking about everyone and we've got to get through this together. So for a limited time, no fee to subscribe to make it plain on your favorite podcast app. Ladies and gentlemen, as we have been discussing, there's not only a presidential race on the ballot. There are down ballot races, but the one just below the presidency. And again, it's important we vote in all these races, even the local ones. But the one just below the presidency is that of the U.S. Senate. We've got to talk about the black belt and we've got to talk about Mississippi. Our brother is running once again for Senate and it's high time we made history in Mississippi. We have the numbers to do it, but let's see if we can get around some of those other obstacles. And he's going to tell us how to get around those obstacles and elect him to the U.S. Senate. We welcome Mike Espy, Democratic nominee for Senate in the state of Mississippi. Hey, brother, how are you, man? Hey, Mark, I'm doing well. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Are you? You, you all get any of this uh, tropical storm around there? No, it. Uh, you know, it veered to the northeast. So it's just traversing along the uh, coastal area, South Carolina, North Carolina. So we missed it. We didn't even get any rain. We need to rain. It's just it's just hot here. So that's that's a, that's a shift 
a change. I'm getting the tropical storm here in New York, and Mississippi isn't. So God bless y'all. I'm glad it passed y'all. Well, maybe I'll go get a Sharpie, and maybe I can draw it. It didn't include Mississippi, but we don't want to do that. Right, get a Sharpie. That's we, right. We're all about the truth. We're all about science and not misleading anybody. That's right. That's right. How How uh, is Mississippi handling the COVID crisis? Not well. Not well, Margaret. I hate to say it, we're the worst state in the United States right now in regard to COVID. We've got the spiking here, worse and worse every day. Mm. All the doctors say that uh, we have the, uh, the most infections right now per capita in the United States. We have about 1,600 deaths here in Mississippi, about 60,000 coronavirus cases, and we know that Mississippi is 40% African-American population. So the deaths are disproportionate at about, uh, you know, 65% deaths in Mississippi, African-American deaths. So so not well, and, and that's for a lot of reasons. You know, Mississippi's healthcare system, now we do have a few excellent hospitals, so I don't want to give them any demerits, but for the most part, our healthcare system has been um, ignored, mismanaged. We don't have Medicaid expansion because our conservative leaders spurned it. We could have had investments of $11 billion over the last 10 years for Medicaid expansion. We would have had 20, uh, 250,000 people covered with health insurance. We would have had the ability to undergird our rural hospitals. And we don't have that because they didn't want to say they adopted Obamacare. So now we have vacuum and revenue. We have so much, uh, so many hospitals closing because they have uncompensated care and it's, and, it's, and it's awful. Plus the leadership here now, they're not investing in testing. In California, if you suspect that you have coronavirus symptoms, you go get a test, it comes back in two days. Guess how long in Mississippi? Two weeks. Yeah. So so what good is it? You know, you would have infected a host of people by then. So, so because of our conservative leadership, because we have people here like my opponent, Cindy Hatt-Smith, that wants to repeal the ACA, she wants to ignore pre-existing illness. This is who I'm running against. Right. She denied that there ever was a coronavirus. You remember back during the early days in March when President Trump said it was a hoax and it would magically disappear? Well, I'm running against a single fan of Trump and she said, oh, it's nothing, it's gonna be over in two weeks. So that's our leadership. So we're not doing well here, but I'm impressed with the doctors. You know, our science expert, a guy named Thomas Dobbs, he is steadfast. He says, wear masks. Masks ought to be mandatory. Right. He says that maybe we should not open these schools. And he's given guidance to our governor about how to manage this in a responsible, science-based way. However, seems like that advice is not being listened to. So we're not in good shape. So I'm sorry to hear that. But of course, though, in a COVID situation like that, or in these situations, all of the states find them in. Yes. That 
has brought to great life the conversation around mail-in balloting. Yes. Is Mississippi built for mail-in balloting? I'm, I'm afraid to ask. You you already know the answer. Yeah. The, the answer is answer's no. So we're one of those states, we do not have no excuse voting. So we have absentee voting, but not mail-in voting. And that, that's the difference. So in Mississippi right now, for you to vote absentee, you have to fulfill one of the 10 criteria to make you eligible. You know, like I'm in the military, I'll be on vacation, I'm sick and so forth. So there are 10 criteria that you must comply with and have your excuse reviewed by the circuit clerk. So let's let's take for example, when I ran before, you know I ran before yes. in uh, November 27, 2018, we got 47% of the vote, okay? Right. Now, that was two days after Thanksgiving. So <clears throat> in the general election, Senator uh, Smith and I were neck and neck. So three weeks later, there was a, a runoff between the two of us. It took the circuit clerks of Mississippi two and a half weeks to print a ballot with two names on it. So then in Mississippi, if you want to vote, you have to, you have to send an application to the county circuit clerk, and that application has to be notarized by notary public. So think about a rural person, maybe without transportation. They have to go and get the right for the application. Say, I want to vote absentee. Then they got to go and get somebody to notarize it. Then they've got to mail it to the circuit clerk. Circuit clerk has to look at it and certify whether the reason you're giving is one that qualifies under the statute. And then they mail you the ballot. It's got two names on it. Then when you get the ballot in the mail, you got to mark it, send it back notarized. Right. And, and so then uh, there were thousands. They talk about Stacey Abrams. You know, she was I mean, she won. Yeah, uh, we would have. There were thousands of ballots. Coming back to the circuit clerk's office for Mike Espy that were not counted because in Mississippi, that absentee ballot has to make it physically the day before the election. So that was the 26th of November. All those ballots had to be in uh, the 26th of November instead of the 27th. So they were not counting. So you understand? Yeah. So all of that effort to qualify for absentee balloting, uh, arduous and onerous, and I think discriminatory, if you will, still there were people voted for SP. We got 47% of the vote. Now, the legislature did make some changes recently. Okay. So now there are 11 reasons. So the 11th one is that I am, uh, I have COVID or I have symptoms of COVID. Okay. It's got to be certified by a doctor. So yes, yes, sir. Now, so that, that, that's at least one thing. And then the other thing is that your ballot now can be postmarked the day of the election. So November 3rd, if you want to vote absentee Mississippi and you have COVID, I think you do, instead of rushing to get your ballot notarized to get it in the day before, you can get it in the day of 
uh, five days later. Okay. Okay. Well, that's something, but that's, that's all they did. That's all they did. Um, in that case, then we are probably looking at how to get people to the polls then on Early. the third. I mean, there's really no way around it. We, we have we have early direct voting. So it starts September 30th. So people can physically go in to the circuit clerk's office personally and vote and mark that ballot. Then they are held and counted November 3rd. So that's what we're banking on. So you know, you know, Mississippi, we have the largest number of registered voters, African American per capita of any state in the nation, right? But there are income issues, transportation issues, all of that. So, so the goal of our campaign is to build the largest, widest, deepest, most robust get out the vote system in Mississippi's history. We have to do that because, Mark, I'll get 99% of the black vote. I did in 86 when I was the first black congressman from Mississippi. I got it. 18 months ago when I ran for the Senate in the same seat, and I'm gonna get it this time. So if the black voters get to the polls, they'll vote for me. It's just a matter of getting there or being infrequent. You know, we've identified 100,000 black voters. They have not voted for anyone since Obama 2008 in Mississippi. Mm. So they didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. They didn't vote for me 18 months ago. And it's a matter of education, information, it's a matter of not not feeling connected to the election. You know, why should I vote when there's no there's no there's no uh, material benefit for me that I can see? You know, so it's our job for campaign to connect this remarkable opportunity with a material impact in their life. You know, here's how you get a job. Here's how you get. Um, to, to a GED, here's how you get more job training, here's how you uh, get Medicaid expansion, here's how you make more money, here's how you can apply for a house. You know, there's so many that just don't believe that voting period means anything for them because they've seen no benefit. So, so it's our job as a campaign to, to make sure that in this COVID environment, I believe in the $600 increase for unemployment. I believe in expanding food stamps. Uh, I believe in science. I believe in money for schools and hospitals. I believe in going to Mississippi Delta and connecting them to jobs. So it's our job to say, okay, we've got this opportunity. My guess we can win. I got 47% of the vote 18 months ago. I got 99% of the vote. I would have won if you had come out. Okay, why didn't you come out? So, so that's our job. What, what, so you said a hundred thousand. I'm just doing a little math in my head, Mike. What was the numeric difference between you and Cindy Hyde Smith? Was it a hundred thousand or less? No, the numeric difference between me getting the fifty percent plus one was thirty-six thousand votes. Whoa. Yes, if I got thirty-six thousand votes more, it would have been forty-seven and three. Plus one is Mike Espinosa. And there are 100,000 who have not voted. Infrequent voters since 2008. So 
um, if <laughs> half of them of that hundred thousand, and you could get them solid yes. and out to vote, yes, that could do it. I mean, we don't want to minimize it. We like to get the whole hundred, but I'm just well, looking at the math. Let's talk about the whole dynamic. Okay, you know, Mississippi is 60-40, 60% white, 40% African-American. All right, now, so I can't win with black votes alone, nor should I, all right? Right. So I'm a Democrat. Um, so what we have to do, we've looked at these numbers upside down, inside out. I look, man, I know what the numbers say. So if we're able just to increase black voter turnout by 3%, go from 32.5% of turnout to 35. That's two thirds of what I need to win. Mm. Mm. The other one third would be white voters. Now, Mississippi is a red state. However, we're not immune to national trends. So around the nation, we see white voters in the suburbs, white women who are highly mobile, better educated, white college students, they're here in Mississippi as well. And we know that because in Trump 2016, Mike Esprit's race in 2018 flipped four counties. I flipped four, Mississippi is 82 counties. Right. I flipped four from Trump 16 to SB 18. We've seen that. And then we had a governor's race last year, 2019. We had a Democrat at the top of the ticket. He flipped two more. So we've got six counties in Mississippi. We believe that we can flip a SB here in, in about 90 days. That's number one. Number two, I've done polling in these areas. So in the suburbs of Memphis, mm -hmm. they just elected the black woman to the state legislature. She tried three times before. Right. Be a state. She won. She won about 14 <laughs> votes. In the suburbs of Jackson, Mississippi, we had a white legislator named Shonda Yates. She won by about 2,000 votes as a Democrat. She unseated a, a Republican who had been there for 30 years. So the white kids that go to the Black Lives you know, Matter, March in Mississippi in June, they are in the college towns, Ole Miss and Mississippi State and USM. So they're all coming with me. White women in DeSoto County, Memphis suburb, Jackson suburb, the Gulf Coast, which is more connected to New Orleans than it is Mississippi. So they all believe in new leadership. They want to turn the page. They're the ones that got our legislature to take down the Confederate flag, right? Yeah. Don't you think it's curious that a flag that had been there 163 years came down in two weeks? That's right. <laughs> That's because the legislators... We have a supermajority Republican legislature. So they knew that their constituents wanted to change. Enough of them wanted to change. So they're tired of Confederate sending. You know, Mark, I'm ready to get someone, and you you know her in the last cycle, she said, I'll be at the front row of a public hanging. She said, uh, well, maybe we ought to suppress the votes at the other universities. You yeah. know, she's talking about Jackson State all going. We we know that. That's cold. But in 2014, six years ago, she went to the Jefferson Davis Museum in Bluxton. All right, no problem with going to a museum. I, I'm not sure how to go, but I'm not a good for going. 
but <clears throat> she tried on a rebel hat she tried on the rebel waistcoat and she held up a rebel gun a veteran air gun and then on the way out she, her you know he, you know yeah you have to write notes on your way out right and this was the best of mississippi's history that's what she said so that is going viral if you go to my website speoplesenate.com you will see this picture now this is not 1914 or 1814 it's 2014. yeah this is so the people here mark what i want to tell you is that yes the task in this election of 90 days is getting the black vote out so we have enough numbers here now to easily get three percent obama got 39 percent my guess we got 32 percent i need to get 35 percent okay three more percent and they're here to do this that's a matter of revenue we need we need the buses we need the door knocks with ppe we need the ability to digital peer-to-peer -peer text we got to do all of that to bring them out we've got to get all the black lives matter movement young folks to encourage their peers to vote so i believe that we're able to do this now all we need now is four percent more white vote so 18 months ago i got 18 percent of the white vote 18. no one had ever done that before we got more votes than john stennis in 1980 since, since john stennis wow. we got more votes as a democrat than anybody since john stennis so we need four more percent and they're in the suburbs they're in the gulf coast and they've already made their wishes known by asking the legislature to take down that flag they're rallying down to our campaign and i know that they're here so i'm i'm not that worried that we don't have them right we have the the, the numbers are here for me to win in 90 days but everyone overlooks mississippi because it's Mississippi, you know, they call us that we're not a battleground state. Well, we are a battleground state because we have the numbers to win. Yeah. But because it's Mississippi and it's a red state, they don't recognize that we have purple enclaves and blue counties. And all we and we don't have to win half of them. All I need is four more percent white vote. Mm. Already got eighteen. Now I need twenty-two. Yeah and on black vote well it's here so we have a job to do and i'm doing my best to talk about medicaid expansion and rural hospitals and taking down the flag I've, I've been against that flag for decades everybody knows it i tell people yes i'm a democrat but you know i'm mississippi first chuck schumer may not necessarily see my vote as guaranteed i'll mm. be an independent voter for mississippi's interests and now i think i'm beginning to break through because we've seen uh we've seen a lot of movement uh it looks like now about five percent down in the polls against her good so, plus she hadn't been doing anything she had no town meetings she's not saying much except whatever trump she just repeats what he says she's right. not saying anything on her own so folks realize that She's not an effective leader. In fact, there was a study at Vanderbilt University. It named Sidney Hyde Smith as the most ineffective legislator in the Senate. Mm. 
Now, it didn't say Republican or Democrat. The worst one. I'm running, <laughs> against, I'm running against the worst senator there now. Somebody that wants to keep these statues up. Someone that glorifies Confederate icons and symbols. Someone that wants to gut the ACA. Someone that's against pre-existing illness. And that's against the vested interests of white rural Mississippians. Why would you want your rural hospital to close that's the core economic linchpin in your county? Why? Yeah. So, so what I'm going to them, I said, look, after Medicaid expansion, right. okay, it's called Obamacare, okay? I don't care what it's called. The thing is, why don't you want it? Because when you go to the ER, you might surprise yourself that that ER you need is closed. All right? Uh, why would you want a hospital that has uncompensated care that, that uh, where the dollars could have come 90% from the federal government that you don't want, plus California and Massachusetts and all these blue states that you condemn? They have Medicaid expansion that you're paying for from your tax dollars. Yeah. So why don't why don't you want it for yourself? Why do you want to cut your nose off to spite your face? So so I'm out there. We're doing we're doing we've had 40 Zoom meetings. Yeah. In the last two months, and a lot of them are white voters. So what I'm telling you is this: the numbers are here. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to admit another black person. We don't have to register another black person. We know where they are. We know where they live. We have to get them out. And I need revenue to do that. And then as far as white persuasion, a stalwart Trump voter, not one of them has to vote for me. I, I wish they would, but I'm not, I'm not disabusing myself that they will. We don't need them. All we need are leaning white voters, white independents, and white Democrats. There's enough of them to like me. And, and I would even dare say, Mike, obviously there's a shift with this reckoning of Black Lives Matter. I mean, white folk that you and I know who have even been liberal were changed when they saw Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd. And you, you were a captive, we were a captive audience at home because of the pandemic. Yes. I mean, that really affected even white people. But you know what else I bet, Mike? I wouldn't be surprised if there aren't a handful, at least, of white folk in Mississippi, seniors, yes, who were not feeling this argument that they should sacrifice their lives for the good of the economy, as yeah. Trump and Fox were saying. I don't think every senior white person in Mississippi is going along with that. I'm going to be honest with you. When, when he said it's going to magically disappear, it's going to be over by Easter or no. Democratic hopes, all you had to do was wait three weeks to see to see things spike. And so even they're saying, wait now, wait now. <laughs> Why wasn't there some kind of a nat national coordinated effort to do something? And that's so, uh, that's why these white voters they yeah. are looking out for new leadership, you know, and uh, and now there's a strong sense that president's not going to make it. Yeah. So Joe Biden did. So if it's 
a Democratic House of Representatives and a Democrat in the White House, then why would you want at least one senator to be a Democrat? Right. Oh, if she's ineffective now, mm. and Mitch McConnell is minority leader, mm. then how much more ineffective would she be to have nothing to hang to? So they know it. They they know it. So we've got two senators. Roger Wicker's already there. He's got four more years. So put me there, and I'll be a partner with Roger Wicker. Yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned some people forget about Mississippi. Yes. Is that true with the DSCC, or are they working with you and giving you all the resources you need? <clears throat> Can I be diplomatic? Okay. I know you, that's you, Mike. You're going to be so, diplomatic. So, right? <laughs> so we, you don't have to be as diplomatic as, as I have to be. The thing is this. So I have been endorsed out of the DSCC. I have been endorsed early. I speak with uh, Senator Schumer quite often, and he encouraged me to run again. So that's great. But all I know is past, I hope it's not prologue, because when I ran before 18 months ago, we didn't receive material benefit from DSCC until the last two weeks. We got about, well, we, 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 we got some money, but it wasn't enough to do what we had to do, and it did not come early. When I told you 36,000 votes, if we'd received money from the DSC earlier, mm. then those votes are here in Jackson. Jackson is our urban center. Mm. I got Jackson had a 70% turnout for SP, 70. And I got 99% of that. So those votes are right here in Jackson. So, but the money we got, it came so late, I could only put it on television. We didn't have a chance to deploy the money in the field where we needed. So, so all I can say is that I have been endorsed. I appreciate that endorsement. You haven't seen the money. Haven't seen it yet, yeah. Haven't seen it yet, I would love to see it. And uh, we could pick up a seat that might be a surprise to them. Yeah. Yeah. They don't believe whites will vote for a Democrat. But I'm telling you, they will. We got 18% already. We, have, we only had six months to run before. And then we. If there were ever a time when they would, it's now. I mean, we can't foresee that four years from now, but we know today, in this moment of reckoning, if there is the sliver of a chance, and in this moment of pandemic, you exploit that now, I would think. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> this moment of reckoning yeah. with the global pandemic that's spiking in Mississippi, the worst in the nation, and people are disheartened, angry, frustrated, and they want new leadership, and many of them are white, in this moment of economic despair, where now the $600 that you could have gotten last month, you're not gonna get it next month. And in this moment where so many young people realize their power yeah. and demonstrated against injustice. Here in Mississippi, we have a Black Lives Matter march in June. They predicted 200 people, we had 3,000. And I was there with my two sons. And one of them played in the NFL. 
with the Redskins now, whatever that name's going to be. Right. <laughs> but but uh, I told a story of my son, a full-grown black man, who left the Redskins and started an elite gym, you know, to physical fitness. So I hope you don't mind me telling this story. I got his permission. Please. So he's in the gym. It's a private gym, membership only. And there, there are three, uh, four people in the gym. My son, a client that he was coaching, someone else, and an off-duty police officer, white police officer. So my son is um, kind of a guy that's emphatic. You know, sometimes he curses. So he was exhorting his client to lift more weight. So he was using some curse words, not 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 uh, not at him, but with him. Right. Lift more weight, you know. And then the off-duty officer who was in, in gym clothes just said to my son, "Stop cursing! Stop that cursing!" And my son, you know, he's a member of the gym. He said, uh, "Look, there's only four people here." And the gentleman I'm speaking with is not angry about it. He knows I'm just, you know. And then the 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 guy said, "I'm an off duty." He said, "I'm a I'm a Ridgeland police officer." He had no badge, or anything. And my son said, "Okay." And then he said, "Well, I'm gonna have you arrested." And then my son said, "Well, do it then." Maybe shouldn't have said that because he did it. Mm. So so thirty minutes later, these police cruisers all screeching to the gym. They arrest my son, handcuff him, put him in the cruiser, take him to jail, Ridgeland jail. He's there overnight for cursing, for cursing in a private gym where he's a member. So uh, I tell that story. I say, I say, so his father was a congressman. His father was a cabinet secretary. His, his father ran for U.S. Senate, and none of that matters. Right. And it's not that I'm somebody. It's just saying that this is a universal injustice. So they certainly would do it to you. They did it to an NFL professional football player. So, so, so these folks now understand how systemic this is, how widespread this is, and how it doesn't ignore anyone regardless of station in life or what they did before. And so this is the power they know they have to change it. That's why we had 3,000 people instead of the 200. So I was out there marching with my son and my other son and, uh, and my wife. And uh, I, saw, I saw passion, enthusiasm, spirit. And I saw that they realized that the change they want can be manifested in 90 days if they just come to vote. Yeah, yeah. So that's why... Um, I am agreeing with you in this environment. Global pandemic, Mississippi is the worst because of faulty leadership at the national level and even the state level here that we want to change. Economic despair, high unemployment, no response from Washington, more despair, we need a change. And then now we can get a change because of George Floyd, Mark Arbery, Brianna, they know, they see examples of systemic racism. We can change it. And so all of this now is the, it, it just building here in Mississippi. It's just stating 
and I believe it's going to inure to our benefit in 90 days. Before we go, you you have outraised her somewhat, right? Yes, about three times. Okay. So okay. We've, we've only had two quarters in this cycle. In the first quarter, we were outraising her, and then I think we filed too early, and she saw what we raised. So she called Mitch McConnell and said, look, I got to beat Espy. So in the first quarter, she raised like $30,000 more than us. This time we got smart. We didn't file early. We filed after she did. And we raised, we raised three times more money than she raised. Three times more money. Because she's ineffective. She's toxic. All those national companies, Walmart and these major insurance companies that would normally give to a Republican, they aren't giving to her because they said her beliefs, um, the, the core beliefs of their company do not track her core beliefs as a senator. And that's because of the Confederate garb that she's wearing and happy to wear. It's because of the, uh, the intemperate remarks from 18 months ago about hanging and all of that. So, so they're not giving to her. And because she's ineffective, and I like to think because they see me as maybe the candidate, moderate Democrat, independent Democrat, someone who can help lead this state into the third decade of the 21st century. Yeah. Somebody that can tell Walmart and Amazon and those companies, come on down, we're changing, our flag is going. We're more welcoming. We know the state has a, a history and a past that was pretty bad, but we're going to work together to solve it. And I'm going to be part of the team. And they know you're actually going to go to work every day. Absolutely. I mean, these Republicans are really about undermining the function of government. So it's not like any real work is being done. You're actually going to go to work nine to five and beyond and overtime and actually do something. Can I tell you something? Yeah, please. Uh, I was elected in 1986. Right. To the Mississippi Delta, that congressional district, which was not majority black. Everyone think it is now, but it wasn't then. And I was 39, uh, I'm sorry, 29 years old when I won. So I got to Washington, I was elected with John Lewis. Yes, right. I was in that 100th class, 100th Congress. It was Coase and Fume, Floyd Lake, John Lewis and myself, four black men. And I didn't know that a freshman should be seen and not heard, you know? Mm-hmm. So I wrote a bill to lift up the Mississippi Delta, income, education, healthcare. I wrote a bill called the Lower Mississippi Delta Development Act. At that time, thank God, the chairman of the Appropriations Committee was Jamie Whitten from Mississippi. So when I wrote that bill, and John Lewis helped me to write it, because John was elected from Atlanta, but he had rural roots. He he knew he know how to he knows about injustice and poverty. Right. So John helped me to write it. So we wrote the bill. I went to the Senate. I got Dale Bumpers from Arkansas to go sponsor it. Ronald Reagan signed it in the law. Yeah. It was codified in the law and was funded. So we did that in the first six months of my freshman, and I was 29. Now I'm 66, right? So <laughs> I think I'm wiser. 
I think, I think I'm more alert. I think I know what to do. And Lord knows, uh, they talk about Stennis and Eastland and Lot and Conqueror and these other venerable senators, Mississippi. Mark, when I get there, I'm gonna be the best senator that Mississippi has ever had. Yes, sir. I know you will. I know you will. You on the air, Mike? Television commercials? Yes. Yes. Well, not not television. We we're uh, we're on. Uh, we've got a digital commercial. It's already gotten over a million or a quarter views. Uh, we uh, we published it during our launch about three weeks ago. It's uh, I want you to go. It's called svforsenate.com. And when you hit that, you'll see the ad. And it's all about it's all about me growing up in Mississippi during the days of segregation. You know, uh, I'm one of those Brown v. Board plus 20 year babies. Right. When, when desegregation was ordered, but but not implemented. So in my town of 17,000 people, there was an all black school and an all white school. But there was a Catholic school in the middle, very small that all of my siblings went to, but it closed when I was a junior, lack of money. So my parents had to decide to send me and my twin sister to the black school or the white school. Now, I didn't have a vote. I wouldn't go to the black school. You know, I played basketball with them. I felt more comfortable around my peers. But the black school had hand-me-down books. And the black school had inferior facilities. And you know that. So my parents sent my twin sister and I to the white school. There were 18 black students among a student body of 800. Mm. So in the commercial, I talk about the experience of a young Mike Espy and how I grew from that experience because every day I was the N-word, every day. Every day I had to fight or, fight or flee. Every day I was subject to, uh, I got sprayed by a high pressure water fire extinguisher by a teacher. A teacher sprayed me with a fire extinguisher in class. Mark. I'm a junior. Mm. Uh, it was it was every day my locker inward is scrawled on it. Uh, coming from the white school, I mean coming from the Catholic school, I was a first chair violinist. When I got to try out the orchestra in the white school, I couldn't read music. All of that, uh, all of the differences that 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 you wouldn't be surprised at happened to me, and I'm I'm uh, 15 years old. So I just wanted to leave Mississippi. And then when the schools merged, the black school came over and merged with a white school the next year when I was a senior. I was then the senior class president, well, the black one. They had a white one on the black one. I was the black one. But none of the black teachers came over from the black school. So you had all white teachers, all, you know. So, so I let a walk out. Right. And I was the leader of the walkout in favor of bringing over the black teachers. The superintendent of the county docked my GPA two points for every day we were out. And we were out three days. So on a 4.0 scale, I got docked six points. As a senior in an accelerated 
high school program, hoping to go to college. So I had to write essays to get into college. And thank God, Howard University existed. Howard University understood what Mississippi was like, and they understood, and they said, come on, Mike. And so my twin sister and I both went to Howard. So, so I'm just telling you, in that commercial, I speak about all of that. Yeah. And we've gotten, it's gone viral. Yeah. Well, Mike, thank you for sharing that story and for also letting our listeners know and the nation know just how close at hand this is. And if we put a little more into it, and, and just let me just say in closing, you mentioned John Lewis. John is mostly talked about now in the context of Selma, but people need to understand yes. um, that before Selma, there was Mississippi and there were those freedom rides. I had Bernard Lafayette on the show with me last week. And so it, if we, when we talk about defending the legacy of John Lewis, that absolutely includes Mississippi. Yes. It was beaten there. So, folks, if you want to continue that legacy and honor his memory, then I need you to send some money right now to Mike Espy. Um, and I'm telling you, man, if it weren't for this pandemic and maybe maybe some open up, I mean, if we could get people down there like Mississippi Freedom Summer to help get people out. I don't know if there's if there's a way we could do that under the circumstances. We'll have to talk about that offline. Yes. But in the meantime, folks, give Mike Espy some money. He's laid out these numbers for us. Um, another one of your homeboys. You know, I was raised in D.C. politics. Yes. And Marion taught us, all us young guys, how to count, Mike. That's why I asked you that. Yes. Marion, no matter what you say about Marion, he, yeah, he could count Yes. So when you, when you do those numbers, you know, that was true to his heart and form. So, folks, if we talk about these percentage points. These are not great big numbers. At this moment, if we ever had a chance to make a move in Mississippi, it is now. Strike while the iron is hot. Yes. We invite all of you to go to sbforsenate.com. Please, folks, sbforsenate.com. Former secretary, former congressman, it's it's an honor to speak with you. This won't be the last time. And anything we can do online or offline to help me, this would be such a major victory for our soul, uh, for our self-esteem, for the whole country in the state of Mississippi. It would just feel good for that to happen um, and to get behind that cotton curtain and make it happen. Yes, so, brother, we with you, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate the interview and be blessed. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Bye-bye. God, you are our refuge. Send our ancestors to guard our doors. Cast out this virus from our communities and our bodies. Heal, bless, and protect everyone listening and their loved ones. Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If all minds are clear, it has been made plain.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.